Well, good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tune Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. We sure wish you would. We always appreciate hearing folks all around town, all around the country, wherever you may be. Even all around the world. <laughs> wherever you are, you give us a call. Makes the show a whole lot more interesting. Sure get ideas and perspectives from other people if not you just stuck with where we want to i was gonna say it gets us off topic a little bit too so there you go i thought today we would discuss and i'm not sure there's enough information there for an entire show but at least get started with timing belts Uh uh-huh because the trend in recent years has been away from the timing belt we've gone to timing chains on most of the newer engines and the timing chain has some distinct advantages in that it does not have to be replaced unless it there is an, a problem. A problem. Now, the disadvantage is if it has to be replaced, it's far, far, far more expensive yes. in the most part than the timing belts were. But the point is there are still millions of vehicles on the road with timing belts. There are. And they have a age limit. They have a life. Most people know the life as far as mileage uh-huh. and that's generally up around a hundred thousand miles depending Although on application a few of them are still sixty thousand right. miles but there is also an age limit and as a general rule that age limit is seven years correct now i gotta say that every timing belt i've ever seen that has broken has broken due to age and not, not due miles. To miles right not saying it wouldn't break due to mileage but everyone that i have personally run across broken has been an age issue mm-hmm. we had an old old toyota celica come in the other day okay ended up totaling the car because it had done considerable damage and the car just wasn't worth repairing but the miles it only had about forty thousand miles in the car people just didn't drive the car sure but it was about 15 years old and the belt had never been and the changed. belt had not been changed and it broke mm-hmm. i've never seen one come in with two hundred thousand miles that was five years old and break it's generally the the age that gets the, the rubber. age that gets to it because it breaks down over time and it breaks down 24 7 whether sure. it's turning around and around or sitting there so that's generally what is going to kill it now when you change a timing belt and i get asked this question a lot there are some other items generally under the timing cover that also have a life sure and that being said we have seen people just go in and throw a timing belt on it yeah, we call it a belt slap right and you know you could get away with it maybe yeah maybe you not might. you might it's just but the odds are the, higher that something else is going to break and it's going to cost a lot more to come back well and you're paying the labor to get there yeah you're the, already the labor's paid to get to mm-hmm. the belt it's just a few more minutes to change maybe some of the seals or whatever else is underneath the cover right one of the things that we see fail a lot as you just mentioned are the seals there are two camshaft seals generally possibly one depending on what kind of cam system it has could have four uh-huh. but there's some camshaft seals there's a crankshaft seal some engines have an oil pump seal there are several seals in that area and by the time the engine is seven years old has a hundred plus thousand miles those are starting to get pretty tired right now what happens is you go and you put a brand new belt on there put it all the way back together but don't address the seals now if one of those seals starts to leak first off you got to tear the whole front of the motor back down and go back in again number two if that all leaks onto that timing belt then you have to replace the belt you got to change the belt again and it could cause a timing belt failure sure because belts are made out of rubber rubber doesn't like oil so 
And there's there's a lot of stress on that belt because of the way the design is made. Well, you're turning one, two, three, four camshafts, depending on engine design. And if you ever tried to turn a camshaft with all the lifters pushing on it and all the valve springs pushing on it, it's a huge load. It is. So this is not a belt like you would think of a belt. It's not a V-belt. It's not a serpentine belt. It is a cogged belt. Correct. It has teeth in it that that grab the keep can it from slipping. And the reason it has to is precise. So it has to be so precise is because if it moves, if it slips at all, now the timing between the crankshaft and the camshaft have changed. are out of phase with each other. And that piston is generally chasing that exhaust valve up. There's the, the valve and the piston can occupy the same space. They just don't occupy it at the same time. Correct. Keyword being timing. And the timing bell is what keeps all that in time. If that valve stops moving for some reason and the piston continues to come up, it can impact. When it impacts, it's going to look like a grenade went off inside your engine. <laughs> yes, it, it does. There's generally not going to be much left to work on. Now, you hear the term interference motor and non-interference motor mm-hmm. a lot, and I think that causes a great deal of confusion because I get people call all the time or write all the time and say, is my engine an interference or is it not? I said, well, it really doesn't matter. Right. Because treat like them you- all like an interference motor. Because anytime a timing belt breaks or slips, damage can be done under the wrong conditions. Correct. There is no such thing as an engine that you could say the timing belt can come off and it's not going to hurt anything. Right. Because if one that of the valves has never been built. If one of the valves is down and the piston comes up, it's going to be over. That's right. Under the wrong conditions, damage can occur. So just think of everyone as a interference correct motor. and that way when the belt needs to be done you can go ahead and get it done correctly not have to worry about it anymore yeah exactly so you know the term i guess interference motor is clear enough but the term non-interference is confusing to people they it think is. okay well it's fine i don't have to change it because if it breaks not gonna hurt anything that is not the case no it is and if that belt comes off wraps around the water pump it's gonna rip the water pump it may rip one of the idler pulleys off the block break the front of the engine block and then then it's a whole new engine yeah now you're done so and of course by the time all that happens this car is 14 15 years old yeah and an engine will definitely total it out yeah most times it will and even a used engine is often not a possibility because if that engine family has been discontinued then all of the used engines you may find are going to be extremely old and extremely high mileage exactly so there's just not going to be an option of a used engine let's go to our phone lines we got travis online good morning travis hang on get a little technical difficulty i see the button's red maybe it has to go to a different phase there before we can access him seem to be having a little phone trouble this yeah morning. tell you what if you hold on one second travis i'll see if i can't get that straightened out or just call back and i'll there see if go. i can get it resolved for you but we were talking about the timing belts and and so far as that. Another question I get is they'll ask about a timing chain motor. And uh-huh. they'll say, is this an interference motor? Well, way more so with a chain. Because when a chain breaks or comes off, it is definitely going to cause some damage. Sure. I mean, it's a steel piece of thing. Uh, almost almost like a rope. you know, Beating around inside of a very, very narrow area. And it's going to tear some stuff up. So it's not going to be an option. It's not going to be a matter of, well, this is not an interference, so I, it's okay. I can push it. No, mm-hmm. really not the case. I wish they would kind of get away from that would, whole yeah. technology because it, there's just nothing that that belt is going to break or slip. It's not going to cause some kind of problems. And somebody's going to say, well, I had one and it came off and all it did is it died and it didn't cause it. Okay, great. You got extremely Kinda lucky. lucky. Yep. But I have seen many, many, many non-interference motors with things, oh, yeah. things broken off the, the front of the motor or, or <laughs> whatever. 
yeah, it, it just depends. Under the wrong conditions, you know, problems can always occur. So just kind of maybe very expensive problems. Well, yeah, and, and most time it's going to be some fairly severe engine damage sure. when that thing breaks or comes apart. And so the point is, if you have a timing belt engine, and there are, like I said, millions of them out there, all right. of your 3.5 liter Honda Hondas, engines. Right. Your older Toyota engines, the V6s would be like your 3 liter or your 3.3 liter. Your 4.7 liter V8 was a timing Toyota. belt engine. The 4.6 went to a chain. The 5.7 went to a chain. Uh-huh. And the newer 3.5 Toyotas are chains. And the four-cylinders way back, they went to chains years ago. Yeah, they did. Not sure. The I think I was a, maybe a, one point, a 2.2 was the old uh, belt motor. I think so. Yeah. I have to look at service data to be sure. Yeah, but I, I think, think they've gone to the 2.4, which is a different engine family. But the point is, if you don't know, find out. Because if you've got a timing belt on your car. Now, the best way, if you have a shop that does, like Agco, we do the general inspection. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things we are going to try to check on sure now this is the point if the timing belt was replaced and the people who replaced it did not put a notification on the timing cover that it had been replaced and the time is due we're going to recommend it in many 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 cases there is no possible way to know if it's been replaced or not right unless there is some type of sticker because even if you were to tear the engine down and look at it i mean if it was changed two weeks ago you could probably tell it was a new belt but if it was changed 30,000 miles ago, there's no way. It's just going to look just like any other belt looks. Mm-hmm. And the point is, you don't want to have to go back and do all this over again if, if it's it wasn't not necessary. Needed. But you can't afford to take the chance. Right. We have a lot of times people will buy a vehicle, and they'll bring it in, and we'll look at it. And there's no sticker on time and cover. And I'll say, has time? Well, I don't know. I just bought it. Well, is well, there a way you can find out? Can you go back to the original owner? Right. Well, if no, not. It's not. Well, in this case, then you're just going to have to change it again because there's no way to know, and the ramification of not doing it could be detrimental to the yes, vehicle. Yes, it's going to be catastrophic. So make sure that if there is no sticker on time and cover, possibly you can go back to the, the selling, or the selling dealer uh-huh. and just find out from him, hey, has this time belt been replaced? They can get in touch with the original owner right? and ask, even though you can't. I mean, they're going to have some record of that. And... If it has not been, then it has to be. If it has been, then... Then we need to make a record of it, how long ago, and the time it was done, at the mileage it was done, and get a sticker put on that vehicle so the next person looking at it, when they open the hood, will know, hey, this this was done 50,000 miles ago. It's due in 50 more thousand. That's right. It'll be due at 100, or it'll be due at seven years, or whatever. Whatever the specification yeah, is whatever the manufacturer. the number may be. So that's the best way to do that. So one thing to look for, if you're looking at a timing belt motor and you don't own one now, be sure that, that belt has been replaced yep. and it has a, some form of notification on there. Hey, we've got to take a quick little break. Travis, if you hold on, you'll be able to straight up after this break. If you ever plan to motor west. Sir, how did you get in here? I used my grappling hook and climbed in through the window. Well, as long as you have an appointment. Ah, yes, Mr. B. Wing. Uh, why are you stressed about your job? Doc, I live in an area with a high crime rate, and part of my duty is to fight that crime. But lately, it seems like every time I turn around, someone needs my help. It's like this bright light signaling. Bat, what, I mean, B. Wayne, help us. Well, Mr. Wayne, there's not much I can do in regard to your crime-fighting dilemma. But if you want some peace of mind, bring your car in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They'll inspect your vehicle bumper to bumper and let you know where you stand. And these guys are honest? 
Years ago, they advised me not to fix a minor electrical problem that I could live with because it was too expensive. They sound like good people. Okay, I've got to go. <coughs> I sure wish he would use the door like a normal patient. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. We sure appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. If you got a question or a comment, just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And we've got Travis has been patiently holding. Good morning, Travis. Hey, good morning, Lewis and Brian. How are you today? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Hey, I've got a quick question. I know you don't work with uh, European models, but mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. But uh, I've got an 88 Alfa Romeo Spider. Mm-hmm. I purchased this thing in Fort Worth, Texas, and drove it back to Atlanta. Okay. And it had been sitting quite a bit, and I had a vibration probably between about 55 and, and 65. So I, mm-hmm. could, I could drive out of it. I attributed that to uh, maybe flat spots in the old tires. Could possibly be. So the first uh-huh. thing I, yeah, that's what I thought. So the first thing I did was put a new set of tires on mm-hmm. it. They're not the best tires, but, you know, they're, they're new. And I've got the same exact problem. Mm-hmm. Didn't change at all? My, uh, no, sir, it didn't. It's, it's the same thing, probably about 55 to 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll start a vibration, and that's the only place that I've now, got it. Now, where so, do you experience the vibration? Is it more in the steering wheel, or is it more in the whole car? It's the whole car. Okay. Yes, sir. It's a whole car. Traditionally, vibrations in a whole car where you see like the seats and the dashboard shaking is going to be from the back of the car. Something in the back is causing the vibration. Vibrations in the front will normally shake the steering wheel because that's the easiest thing for it to shake. And because the wheel can move, it'll absorb the vibration, put it into your hands, but you won't, it won't shake the entire vehicle. Now that's a pretty high speed vibration. The very first thing you might try if you haven't done it already, Travis, is to get it up to the speed where it's shaking kick it into neutral and let it coast through that speed range and see if the vibration is the same now it may it may get better it may get worse it may go away just notice if that affects it at all because okay, so that's trying to eliminate a drive shaft issue well it would, a drive train issue in other words if the vibration is precisely the same coasting through the range or you know if you're uh, driving through, through the range then a drive shaft or a drive line issue would be far less likely it's something that's just rotating so that eliminates at least half the possibilities right there. I did do that. That was my thought process. Mm-hmm. I actually got that uh, recommendation from you, mm-hmm. and uh, I, there was not a change. No change, whatever. Still had the, still had the vibration. Then a vibration at that speed, the, one of the first things I would look for is possibly a bent wheel. Because even though they put new tires, if you brought it to a high-end suspension kind of shop, they would have spotted that. But if you went to a tire store or maybe a big box store or whatever, those guys basically are trained to put a tire on the wheel, and that's about it. So I would possibly be looking for a bent wheel, particularly on the back of the car. Now, one easy way to kind of eliminate that or to test for that is just rotate the tires front to rear and see if the shake changes. In other words, does it feel more in the steering wheel now or does it still remain in the back? If that changes it at all, then that is pretty likely. If that does not affect it at all, then you're something into something that's rotating in the back of the car that is not a wheel. So that's kind of the way. I mean, you could have out around tires, but again, if the shake was exactly the same, I don't think you have precisely the same out around tires you had before, you know? So I, exactly. I, I, don't, I wouldn't start looking at tires first. I would look for maybe a bent rim in the back. It's possibly a bent wheel flange, and or someone could have curbed the car. 
bent the little flange that the wheel bolts to so that the wheel tire assembly is going to shake even though the wheel tire assembly is okay it's bolted to a flange that will shake and run out allowable run out on that flange is very 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 small because as you if you think about geometry as you get further out from the center point the two lines you'll get further and further apart so the amount of shaking you know at a four inch flange it may only be five thousandths of an inch but by the time you get out to the top of a 31 inch tire it may be a quarter inch and a quarter inch is definitely going to shake your teeth out so these are the kinds of things i would be looking for so first rotate tires front to rear and if it does not change at all then i go back and check like rear wheel flanges those sorts of things okay so maybe put like a uh one of those calipers yeah dial indicator you you would need a dial indicator and you just put it against that flange rotate it slowly by hand and see what the run out is on it from the high side to the low side and allowable run out on that is going to probably be somewhere less than one thousandth of an inch okay anything up into four or five thousand will definitely cause a shake now it doesn't have to be bent either it could be corroded you know it could have some rust or something on it that will not allow the wheel to sit flat on it. So anything where that wheel wobbles. Another thing are things check, that I've seen. Yeah, check the wheels for the hubs. The being, center, center hole in the hub may be beat up, you know, where somebody uh, got, got stupid with it at some point in time. Beat it up. It's not seating firmly over that round part in the middle that centers it. Make sure it's the right wheel for the car. I've seen different year models have different center holes. Right. And the bolt pattern's the same, and somebody will try to bolt it on. And it'll it'll twist the the rim around, right? Anything that, like you said, anything yeah, that's going to disturb being, the being a used vehicle, you don't know the history of it. So let's say one tire was damaged, and Europeans are notorious for making different wheels that all look the same. They went and got a wheel out of a salvage yard that didn't exactly fit. You know, the center hole is a little bit different size. So even though they got it yeah. bolted down there, it's wobbling. It's not now. flat. But I would first think some kind of a wheel yeah. tire issue, just because of the speed at which it occurs and the fact that coasting does not affect it. And, again, the fact that they changed tires and it didn't mean something specific to that position, very likely it's going to be one of the rears. And it's it's real easy to diagnose, like Lewis was saying earlier. Just rotate the tires front to rear. That'll eliminate the wheel tire. Right. If it's still there, then Then go go into into your flanges and axles and those sorts of things. Okay, so the first thing is rotate the uh, wheels and see if it's still there. Correct. The second thing, I did put on, this is like a 60,000-mile car. It was a Mm -hmm. garage queen. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's nice, a specialty auto. I did put on new rear disc, and the hubs look good. Right. There wasn't any cro- you know, corrosion. Everything looked good back there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll measure that run yeah, out. Yeah, put a run out gauge yep. on it. Then from there, would you go to like a real quality set of tires before you take it to uh, or, or take it to well, a, a if, if rotating the tires makes absolutely no difference at all, I'm not saying what you got is perfectly fine because it may not be, but it's probably not the cause of this vibration. And what I would like to see is let's solve this problem and then fine-tune from there. Certainly a higher quality set of tires would help, you know, but I don't think it would be a specific to one position and not being changed by rotating if a tire were a problem. Because you're not likely to get four tires with exactly the same problem. Yes, sir. Okay. And then we've kind of, it's got a two-piece drive shaft on it, so we, and I know they're real, they really want to be balanced nicely in this. They thing, do. So we kind of eliminate that. Well, not 100%, but yeah, that would certainly not be where I'd be looking first. I mean, if you can't find anything else, you could check dry shaft balance, but that's generally going to change when you coast because it's unloaded. Okay. Well, I appreciate I know I've taken some time. I certainly appreciate it. I don't know if, uh, if the gentleman that sent me over to you kind of told me the story, but uh, when I drove this car from Fort Worth to Atlanta, I found your show. Okay. okay. And I, I probably listened to nine podcasts on the way to Atlanta. Oh, well, very good. Yeah. 
and I listen to you. I probably listen to everything you've got while I'm under the car. I'm, <laughs> I'm a glutton for punishment. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm into MGs and Alphas and BMWs. Well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, well, nothing I've got is older than 04, so you know, you I try to do everything myself. <laughs> All right, Travis. Well, thanks for calling, man. Thank you. All, All right. Hey, thanks, Brian. I You're appreciate welcome. it. Bye bye. All right, two nine one sixty nine zero one is the number. If you want to be part of the automobile file, we've got Jim online. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning. On my truck, I, I got a four point eight liter in a two thousand five Chevy and mm-hmm. a pickup, and I noticed that my belt tensioner on the air conditioner compressor belt was really flopping, really a, a good bit. Mm-hmm. So I figured I thought it was bad, so I changed the belt and the belt tensioner, and it was still shaking pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that my harmonic balancer has got a wobble to it. You could. Yeah. Yes, sir. That rub, there's a rubber ring. You know, you've got a steel hub in the center that bolts to the crankshaft, then a rubber ring, and then the outer pulley is just basically pressed over that rubber ring. It's all bonded together it's with that rubber. bond vulcanized right. together. But that rubber can break down over time. What's even worse, if someone in the past improperly tried to pull that off or put it on and beat on it you can knock them off like that and that's extremely extremely dangerous you need to get that taken care of jim because that ring can fly off and if it does i mean it's gonna be like a a rocket launcher went under your hood there's no telling where it's gonna go yeah the first thing is going through the radiator and it's gonna tear the fan up and the fan's gonna tear some more stuff up i mean it can almost total the vehicle when they come apart because they're spinning at engine speed so right. those yeah. are relatively inexpensive and relatively easy to change. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate it. Y'all just got 214,000 miles. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, probably, it's probably getting probably tired. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that really causes that problem too, Jim, is make sure the seal behind it, I would change that seal because if there's any kind of an oil leak, the oil can wick out and get on that rubber and that'll destroy the rubber. So any That's type right. of an oil leak needs to be addressed at the same it, time. It does have an oil well that could very be yeah. what took it out now there's a seal right behind there again pretty easy to change and, and real inexpensive so replace the balancer replace that seal and you might want to see if you can get a new that big bolt that holds it on see if you can get that new also gm recommends changing that i know people who don't change them and really hadn't had major trouble but i would go ahead and recommend changing that big bolt too while you're in there okay yes sir yes, all right okay well i appreciate y'all's time all right, all right man thank thanks you. jim all right, you know, that's a problem that we see more than you would think. Yeah, those trucks, you know, they're getting up in age now, and they're mm-hmm. getting a lot of miles on them, and that vulcanizing just doesn't hold up. I mean, well, it's, it's real easy to diagnose. Oil leaks are notorious for that problem. Sure. We've seen where either the front seal will leak, even a valve cover can leak and run down and get on it. Right. Power steering fluid can get on any type Anything. of petroleum sort of a product. Yeah, in the front of that motor will will wick down on it. Yeah. What I like to do is take a, a white marker mm-hmm. and draw a white line from the steel part that bolts into the crankshaft right. across the rubber bonding onto the pulley, the the iron pulley. Mm-hmm. And if it changes any position at all, that mark is going to change. Right. Real easy indicator, something anybody can do. And next time you open the hood, you look down there if the lines are marked, uh, still lined up, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, uh, all leaks are probably one of the number one causes of that. So uh, uh, even coolant leaks, yeah, coolant the water pump sitting do, right there, the and, same thing. You know, GM is notorious for water pumps leaking, and they'll leak right on the front of that balancer. That's right, and cause a problem, and that can soak into it. So, hey, we got to take our second quick little break. Bill, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break. If you ever plan to motor west. 
travel my way. Ah, yes, Mr. Bigfoot, huh? Make yourself comfortable on the couch and tell me what has stressed you out. I'm just a secluded forest dweller, and I like it like that. But every now and then, I get these people hunting me down. There's a TV show, jerky commercials, and now another movie. Then I worry about the hype. If they do find me, will my feet be big enough? Well, Mr. Foot, I can't really do much about these people, but I can tell you how to create some peace of mind in your life. Do like me and take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. They provide me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need now and in the future. They can even catch small issues that could lead to big, expensive problems down the road. An Agco general inspection, huh? Oh, one more thing, Doc. Could you tell me where I can find this toilet paper? I've heard wonderful things about it. Here's Agco's number. And the name of another store that may ship some TP straight to your cave. Thanks, Doc. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Boys off the river to ride. Don't mind it cause the man with the whiskers has a lot Welcome back. If you just join us in the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Lewis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And we've got Bill's been patiently holding. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. 2016 Ford F-250. Okay. It's just fixing to run out of warranty. Mm-hmm. I've done all the maintenance all the time. Uh, every three years, everything's been perfect. I hadn't seen any recalls on it. It's the uh, six-tube gas, uh-huh. and kind of like what you want. I got the rubber floor mats and no television screens <laughs> in the front. Yeah. And I'm just curious as to whether I should I need to bring it to the shop or bring it to you or somebody to make sure uh, nothing is is wrong before the warranty wears. Yes, out. sir. Are you in the Baton Rouge area, Bill? Yeah, Yeah, we do an inspection called a pre-warranty expiration inspection. And what we're looking for in this, number one, anything that's wrong, but most, uh, more to the point, point, things that are wrong that are not displaying symptoms right right now. For instance, let's say the rear main seal is starting to leak. It's just sweating. It's not really running out on dripping on the ground. That's a warrantable problem. And that's an expensive problem. But and the thing is, it's probably not going to start dripping on the ground for another 10,000, 15,000 miles. So you're not right. going to know about it until it's well out of warranty. The same thing with, say, a water pump that's just starting to, to seep a little, a little bit. bit. I mean, technically, it's leaking. It's under warranty. You want to cover it right now. You, you don't want to wait until it goes out. You can check the efficiency of the air conditioning unit, make sure we don't have air in the system, those sorts of things. Check for TSBs that are pertinent to your vehicle. Anything that will be covered under warranty, we can give you a list right. of. And then you can go back before you get out and get all those things covered. Yeah, because you paid for that warranty already. Yeah. That was included with the price of the oh, vehicle. Yeah. You're not so. getting anything free. It was all included in the price of the vehicle when you bought it, so you're just getting what you paid for. The inspection takes about an hour, but again, if you want anything repaired, of course, you would probably be under warranty on that. So the only thing on our waiting appointments, Bill, what we do, we would schedule those at seven o'clock in the morning because once we get into our day's work, it's hard to stop and do one vehicle because right. we've got 40 vehicles in process. But yeah, call Elizabeth and just tell her you want to make a waiting appointment for a pre-warranty expiration inspection. Just set you up at 7 one more and just be there right at 7, and we'll check it for you, give you a list, and you can take that back and get it all taken care of before you go out of warranty. Okay. Any any major things wrong with that 6.2? I just got this size truck to haul camper with. You know, it's not my favorite vehicle on the road. They do have a good deal of problems early on, I find. But, you know, it just depends a lot if you've taken care of it, how you've driven it. 
almost all vehicles will go a hundred thousand miles without too much trouble after a hundred it just depends on number one the design and number two how well it's taken care of so i mean if you care for it well and operate it the way it's designed to be operated i mean if you're pulling a forty thousand pound trailer with it yeah you're probably gonna have some trouble you know you're pulling something within the limit of the vehicle you take care with it yeah almost any vehicle can last it's just some of them take more care than others all right okay bill thanks for calling man all right bye-bye all right bye-bye uh, yeah, just for all the calls, we were talking a little bit about timing belts, right. and I think we've pretty well covered it. One thing, too, I would like to add further, there is also a belt on the outside called a serpentine belt normally, and mm-hmm. people get those combined. They say, well, I've had the belt change. They mean they've the had a serpentine belt. belt. That is not the timing belt. No, it is not. It's two separate belts. They do two separate jobs. And while the two are really not interrelated at all, if the serpentine belt has not been replaced, and if it's clearly old, it's original to the car, and it's worn, odds are the timing belt has not been replaced either. Exactly. Because, because to get to the timing belt, you have to take the front of the motor apart, and that's where the serpentine belt is. It runs the accessories on the outside. And I think very few people would change a timing belt and, and not, not change an accessory belt. Right. And that being said, vehicle with 100, 120,000 miles on it, the serpentine belt tensioner yes. is also worn. Yes, so it needs to be addressed at the same time. Yeah, not a bad idea at all because tensioners last generally about 100,000 miles. I find some of the Toyota tensioners will go longer than that. GM, Ford, Chrysler, 100 yeah. is definitely the limit on it. Some of them are easy to change. Some of them are extremely involved to yeah. change. just mm-hmm. depends on the design and the engine that's in the vehicle at that time. Um, right. GM actually, I think it was the 3.8, they ran the coolant passages through yes. the tensioner yes, housing. Yes, they did. And a weird design. Two little plastic elbows right. with O-rings on them, and the coolant ran through the belt tensioner. It didn't right. cool it or anything. No, it just, it just ran through it. It was just a passage so it could get to the heater core. Why they couldn't have just diverted it around I, there, I, I do no not know. Idea, it was but, a real poor design, in my opinion. Yeah, and those used to leak a lot. Oh, yeah, they'd uh, leak all the time. Well, that plastic would get hard right. and brittle, and the O-rings would go bad, and it would start leaking, and it was a major deal to go in there and change it all out. Well, yeah, and when you change the tension, you have to change those little nipples, and some people wouldn't change the little elbows, right. so there it would go. Yeah, big problem. So let's go back to our phone lines with Mitchell. Good morning, Mitchell. Hey, how are you? Doing Good great, morning. sir. All righty. Look, I got a a problem on this Silverado. Okay. And it says, and I had to wait till it come up. It come up. It says traction. Traction control system. Say, Yes, mm-hmm. stabilizer. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right, stability track. Yeah. It's Do you have any other lights on as well, Michael? Or just uh, Mitchell? Just the one. That's all I got. Just I got, one. I got. It says that, and then it says uh, it's got a red brake light, and then it's got a little vehicle, you know, showing traction off. Right. Okay. Right. Well, the red brake light is what I was asking about. See, generally, trash control works with some of the other systems on the car. And it's pretty rare for just a traction light to come on. The red brake light is telling you there's an ABS code also. And those two systems work together, so that would make perfect sense. Now, what year was that vehicle again? 13. A 13. Okay. Check the fluid in the master cylinder. Right. And make sure it's not low. Yeah. Because that vehicle checks the level of the master cylinder. And when the fluid gets below a certain point, it will turn the light on, and it will also set the Stabilitrack code right. and turn the traction control because off. Because if it thinks it's possibly running out of brake fluid, then it could affect right. the traction control system. Now, so, that being said, if it is low, you need to take the master cylinder off of the vehicle and check and make sure there's no fluid inside the booster. Right. 
Because if there is, then the booster and the master, the master has failed and filled the brake booster full of brake fluid, Which and they both need to be changed. Pretty common issue on that right. truck. And, of course, any leaks, it, if the system is low, it's generally because it's leaking somewhere. So it's, it's signaling. So check that first. If that fluid level is not low, then the way that system works is kind of like a check engine light. What it's doing is telling you there's something is out of range in that system. Now, it does set a code. You can't get to it with a code reader because it'll be in the chassis module. But anybody with the proper tooling, like we, we keep all the GM tools, scan tools and all, we can go in, pull that code up, and that tells you the circuit that's causing the problem. Very often, it'll be something like a wheel speed sensor may be bad. It could be, oh, who knows, could be a any, number of things. any number of things that can cause it, probably two to 300 different components that can cause that but once you get the code you can diagnose it you fix whatever's wrong light will be off all right so what would be because uh my son has a uh, the truck and his goes off and on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but about i'm just saying what that about what that would cost well there's we no way know. to talk about cost because you have no idea what's wrong okay but what would be the highest cost of car? New, truck, new we truck. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Highest cost would be a new truck. <laughs> but, I mean, most well, likely it's not that major. I mean, you just got to get it checked and find out. I mean, we don't know what's wrong, so there's no way to talk about cost. All right. Well, I'm going to get, I, I'm going I'm to do, do a little check and yeah. then. Uh, well, sure. Check and make I'll, sure the brake fluid's full first because that would be. Right, and if you fill it up, I, the lights are going to go off, but that don't mean it's fixed. That just means you've, okay. you've covered up the symptoms. Right. So you still got to find out where that fluid went. Okay, well, I got my, still got my T-shirt. There you go. You know what that T-shirt is? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I also got my cards too. Well, there you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, all right. All right, Ms. Mitchell. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, that's Mr. Mitchell's a good customer. He's been uh-huh. with us for a number of years. He's talking about his, his Agco T-shirt, right? Going to one of the auto awareness classes. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Okay. You know, that was a pretty common problem on the GM vehicles from about 03 on up to about 14, 15. The the Chevy pickups had that problem with the master cylinder, and they redesigned it at least once, maybe a couple times. So when you get a new master cylinder, it's probably not going to fit the old old booster. booster. Correct. So you're going to have to change them as a pair, and they fail as a pair anyway. Right. Either the booster fails, sucks the seals out of the master cylinder, or the master cylinder fails and puts fluid inside the booster. Either way, they both have to be changed. Yeah. And GM did reduce the prices on those parts for a while. I think they're kind of sneaking on back up now. When they got a big problem, they know that they've got, a lot of times they'll reduce the price on the I guess to cheat to the dealer from, out yeah. of the markup on the parts, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever reasoning. And you know that vehicle, if it has the active ABS right. system on it, has a special bleeding procedure that you need a scan tool for. Right, if, you're not gonna be able to bleed it. If at you home. try to manually bleed it, pedal just keeps getting lower yeah, and lower. And I, we've seen that the pedal just it'll drop out and you'll never get it back. Yeah, if you got active braking, which you can look on your rear axle, and if there's two sensors, one out by either wheel, then, then you, it has you've active got active braking. You're probably better off not to even try to bleed those brakes because right. if you do, the pedal just keeps getting lower and lower and lower using a standard bleeding procedure. I've seen some shops that weren't able to get a, a good brake pedal back right. out of them. If you don't have a GM, either Ac- the, the GDS or the, or the Tech 2, you probably not. access the ABS gonna, unit. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have to get in there, and it's a big procedure. you got to run it and pump it fluid takes, through it. Yeah, it takes two people to do it. Two people and about two quarts of fluid, yeah. and uh, it's still kind of a bear to get the pedal up right. correctly. But that was fairly big problem, and unfortunately, you don't see any symptoms other than the fact that the fluid level keeps going down. Mm-hmm. Now, 
the problem is if you don't address that, number one, that fluid is going into the brake booster, right. which is normally vacuum operated. Which is pulled from the engine. Right. If the engine starts to suck this brake fluid into the engine, you may end up taking out the catalytic converter, right. which is going to vastly increase the cost of the job. You could lose your brakes if it sucks the fluid out of the mouth cylinder and you don't have any fluid in there. You're going to lose your brakes right. or lose at least half of your brakes. Half brakes. of them. It's not anything that you're going to do that's going to get better. So that is something that needs to be diagnosed. A lot of times, check engine light will pop on after it's too late. Right. <laughs> right. When the cat starts failing, yeah. When turn the, the cat starts failing, your check engine light pops on. Well, at that point, not only do you have a brake booster, a master cylinder, plus labor to put it all on, you need a twelve, thirteen hundred dollar catalytic converter. So it's not something you want to just let go. Exactly. And, I mean, it's not necessarily the only place brake fluid can go. You could have a leaking caliper, leaking brake hose, well, leaking wheel seen, cylinder. We've seen lines leak. I mean, connections leak. Any any point where the fluid, where the fluid is right. has a possibility to leak. That's right. Anything can leak on it. So, but the point is, if your brake fluid goes low, it's not ever, you know, that's not the problem. Right. Now, that, as, the ba- as the brake pads wear, the fluid is going to go down. But if it goes down in, in a fast amount, are very pretty significant pretty cool. amount right yeah, you need to need to start looking yeah look and see where the leak is we're gonna take our final quick little break but we'll be right back with a whole lot more so lie back on the couch ms bo peep and tell me what's got you stressed uh, my sheep keep getting lost i mean they're in the meadow one minute and i look down at a text and then i don't know where to find them and they keep doing it let me level with you doc sheep are not the smartest animals. <laughs> not you, Denise. You're the exception. Look, Doc, you ever try to have a conversation with a sheep? It's a little one-sided. They just look at you with this blank look on their faces. That and the whole getting lost thing has me at my wit's end. I can't really help you with losing sheep, but I can tell you how to get a little peace of mind. Do like me and take your car into Agco Automotive once a year for a general inspection. They check everything out and perform maintenance on what you need to keep your car running right, and it saves money in the long run. With the money I save, I can buy some shock collars to keep those little halfwits in one place. <laughs> Denise, you know I wouldn't do that to you. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Welcome back and to the final Southern Automotive Hour. I'm Lewis Alvazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive question you may have. Still got a few minutes. Give us a call, 291-6901. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity this morning, you could always get your questions answered on our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. When you click the button, a little form is going to pop up, fill it out, and hit the send button. There you go. Real easy to do. We get your answer back within 24 hours. We were talking just before the break, caller, about the GM master cylinder right. issue. And, of course, that's gone on for a number of years. I don't know if they ever got it improved. I, I, I don't, we don't know. see it as much on the newer ones, like the 16, 17. We're not seeing it as much. So but maybe, the earlier ones, 10, maybe, 11, 12, yeah, uh, 06. Maybe, maybe they've got that fixed. But. You know, because it is common to that vehicle does not mean it can't occur on, on any, any vehicle. Sure. And anytime you have brake fluid missing, that is a sign of a problem. As the pads wear, it's going to gradually go down, and it may eventually set the light if it gets low enough. But a sudden loss of fluid or a continuing loss of fluid. That needs to be addressed. Yeah, that's definitely that's going to indicate somewhere. a problem. Be it a leaking wheel cylinder, leaking hose, leaking caliper, leaking well, proportioning valve. And a, and a quick visual 
inspection would kind of take those out of the equation yeah. because you know you're going to see fluid leaking out at the wheel or out on the ground most of those are pretty much in plain sight right the ones you don't see is like with the booster assembly when it starts leaking out the back of the master cylinder and filling the booster assembly the booster is a metal can with a with a vacuum diaphragm well, in it a big, and, a big can and it, it's it gonna hold, hold it can hold a couple quarts of fluid oh easy i would imagine easily uh before it just complete completely fails on you and i have seen them so bad that the fluid actually backed up so deep in it mm-hmm. until when you took the master cylinder off it come running, come running out. out and most of the time what will happen by that point is that it'll start ingesting fluid into the engine so you'll see a big puff of white smoke uh-huh. when you accelerate that's a dead giveaway yep. and many times after that the catalytic converter will fail because it's not designed to have glycol which is what brake fluid is brake fluid is very similar to antifreeze uh-huh. in its makeup it's a glycol type product it's not a petroleum product and it's not designed to be burned. Right. And when it goes through that converter, it doesn't take long. It wipes. Take. Yeah, it pretty much wipes the converters out. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess the only other possibility on vehicles that have drum-type rear brakes, which are getting rare these days, mm-hmm. but with a drum-type rear brake, the wheel cylinders can leak. It can fill up the boots inside the cylinder and not run out, and you may not see it without taking the taking brake the drums cup. off, pulling those little boots back. Right, because those are dust boots. They're not a liquid seal. The liquid seal is inside the boot, and the boot just keeps the dirt from getting into the bore and cutting the seal up. Yeah, many times what people will do, they'll call themselves checking brakes. They'll pull the drums off. They'll look at the cylinders. They don't see any fluid on it. They say, well, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really the case. Right. You have to take that rubber boot and peel it back, and then if fluid runs out, any fluid inside that boot indicates a problem. Correct. Because like Brian said, the seal is actually back at the piston. It's inside the cylinder. And that rubber boot simply keeps the dirt, dust, and grit and grime from getting into the cylinder. It's not designed to hold fluid in, though it will hold a certain amount of fluid right, in. Right, because it actually has a pretty good seal around both components. Right, but if fluid is getting into the boot, then the cylinder has failed. Sure. And it can run out. It's got a pretty good bit of area that it can soak up, and it can soak into the brake shoes, too. So it may take a while before it starts dripping out the bottom of the brake drum. Yep. Normally, by the time it drips out the bottom of that brake drum, you're it's sitting outside. Yeah. yeah, it's you got a big, big mess. Right. The shoes will be all contaminated with fluid, so you're pretty the drums, much... Yeah. Drums are going to be all gummed up. You're generally going to be into a, a much bigger problem yep. there. So just one of those things. Now, the rest of the car, like you alluded to, you can pretty much inspect. Right. You can do a visual. It doesn't take but getting underneath the vehicle with a flashlight and looking at the connections. Yeah. You can trace all those lines, and you have to start out at some point. A lot of people start out at the master cylinder because that's a common spot. Absolutely no sign of leakage there. Then you can move to the next component, but you got to be careful because a lot of the newer master cylinders don't just butt against the mass, against the booster. It used to be it would run down that booster and you could uh-huh. see it on the outside. The new ones have like an extension that goes deep into the booster. Right. So, so when they leak, it fills the booster up. It doesn't run on the outside. So just looking at it is not going to be enough. No, you're going to have to actually take it off of the master, off of the booster and look inside the hole where the master came from mm-hmm. and see if there's any fluid in there. In fact, you could take a plastic zip tie. Right. I like to use that like a dipstick. Right. Drop that down in the hole till it touches the bottom of the inside of the can and pull it back out. Right. If there's any fluid at all on it. If it's wet. Then the master cylinder has leaked into the booster. Well, and obviously a plastic zip tie would be far, far better. You don't want to use something like a coat hanger. No. Because it has a... It's got a rubber diaphragm Rubber in there. diaphragm. And if it's got any age on it's probably a little brittle sticking anything metal in there you may right. poke a hole in the diaphragm now you have ruined a good booster right 
So, so you use a plastic, the plastic will give and like a little zip tie, right? Something it, like that. It won't tear anything up, won't you know damage anything inside mm-hmm. it. But you do have to take the master cylinder off of the booster to test it. Correct. Now you don't have to break the lines, and it's important that you don't break those lines because you don't want air in the in the hydraulic right. system. Then you would have to start bleeding the system and going through all that misery. Which right. If you have active braking, could be a major major deal. So yep, uh, that's one of the things we do check on a brake ins- on our general yep. inspection. We also, do. so yep. if you have your car general inspected once a year, the tech should catch that for you. I see we're just about out of time. Start winding on up, getting ready to get out of here. Like, thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service, find a written review, and fill it out for us, please. There you go. We really appreciate that. And if everybody tells one more person, we could double our listenership overnight. That would work. Now, the written review will also move us up in the rankings to where when people type in auto repair or something of that nature, we'll come up. First and listing. So that's what we're all about. There you go. <laughs> hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.